Good morning, everyone. It's time for us to begin this morning. We want to welcome everyone to the services here at West Irwin as we have a lot of people that are still coming in. And whether you're here in person or uh, joining us online, we want to welcome everyone this morning. We're, we're glad that you have uh, joined us. Let's all stand as we begin with a couple of songs this morning. I will call on the Lord. morning church glad to have everybody here this morning got some good news uh brian 
and I'm going to apologize for these names up front. Uh, Mavay, Tori, Brianna, and Nicholas Dean want to become members here at West Erwin and work alongside us. So uh, they're not here today. Uh, I think they're going to be gone for a couple of weeks, but when they do come back, we'll be sure and uh, have them stand so everybody can see them. Wanted to give you some uh, update on the children's ministry. I got a prop. The sign-up sheet list for the fourth and fifth grade Wednesday night boys class is completely full. So I want to thank everybody that uh, agreed to do that. We appreciate your work there. Uh, the next thing is I wanted to let you know that uh, Donnie Cook and the We Connect class have created a situation with class attendance on Wednesday night. And it's uh, a unique situation, maybe to West Irwin, in that we have more kids on Wednesday night than we do on Sunday morning. And that's through a lot of hard work from those parents who go pick up friends of their kids who their kids have invited to the class and through curriculum that Donnie has put together. Uh, it's, a, it's been a great program. And then an update on my class that I taught Wednesday night. And I learned something. I say I. Me and my son-in-law taught this class Wednesday night. Amen. He did most of the teaching, but anyway. Uh, during that process, I learned something that I wanted to pass along to y'all. And that is uh, the kids, I believe it was Jude, asked how old I was. And so I told him I was old. <laughs> and he, uh, he said that, well... When I told him I was old, we kind of went into a little conversation about uh, how it's not always wise to ask older people how old they are. <laughs> and then he said that that only went for ladies. <laughs> so while this is going on, Emmett has gotten his Google machine out, and he says that uh, you're only considered old if you're 71 to 72. <laughs> Which I then responded that that's great, I'm 64, I'm not old. <laughs> so anyway, it was a great class. We enjoyed doing it. I would encourage you to uh, do that. And speaking of the children's ministry, if you will get your bulletin out, and look, Donnie needs a teacher for this summer, uh, June through August, second and third grade on Sunday mornings. So please uh, consider that. You will be blessed if you do that. One other update I wanted to pass along is that uh, I wanted to remind everybody that the elders will be uh, in the foyer area after church. There will always be 
either all of us or some of us will be in that area if you need to talk or, or talk to us after church. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, today we come to worship you, to praise your name, and to honor you as our God. We hope our singing and our prayers are a sweet aroma to you. We thank you for your grace, mercy, and love. We thank you for Jesus, for the life that he lived, and for the sacrifice he made. Cleanse us, O God, of our sinfulness. Forgive us for doing things that we should not do and for not doing things that we should do. We ask that your spirit would strengthen our resolve to learn your word and to follow your ways. Help us to walk in your light continually using your words as our guide. May we learn to focus on the needs of others instead of being selfish and trying to satisfy our own wants. Father, we thank you for your church, for how each of us has been blessed by being a part of it. We ask that as we go through these uncertain times that these trials will strengthen our endurance as we serve you. Be with our family members, our deacons, teachers, staff, and elders. Give us all wisdom, discernment, and commitment toward you and your service. Guide us all as we strive to grow your kingdom and labor to help show your love to those around us. Lord, many of our family need your help to overcome illness and injury and We ask that you would be with all of those on the prayer and care list and that you would give them all your healing, comfort, and peace in the days and weeks ahead. Father, we pray that your will would be accomplished and that you would guide us in helping in that service. We ask that you keep Satan far from us so that we can serve you in peace and harmony with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before Wayne Berry comes with some thoughts about the Lord's Supper, let's sing in Christ alone. In Christ alone, I hope is found. He is the life I
Help us focus on the Lord's Supper. I want to give you a one-question quiz to start with. I suspect not many of you are going to do well on this quiz. And don't raise your hand. But how many of you know what Purim is? P-U-R-I-M, Purim. I, uh, I think you'd do better if I ask you what the story of Esther was about, who the characters were in the book of Esther, I suspect you could uh, do that better. I want to review that for you briefly. The main characters in the book of Esther, or at least some of them, are Esther, who was an orphan, her relative that adopted her named Mordecai, the ruler of the Persian Empire, King Xerxes, and Haman, who was an exalted nobleman in that kingdom. When King Xerxes became unhappy with his queen, she was deposed and in her place, he chose Esther to be his queen. Esther was a Jew, but she did not reveal this to the king for a long time. After Esther became queen, Haman, who was the nobleman that I mentioned, he got King Xerxes to issue a decree that all the Jews would be executed on a certain date. There would be no more Jews. Haman did this because he hated Mordecai, Esther's guardian, because Mordecai would not bow down to Haman and would not give him homage. And so in order to get revenge on Mordecai, Haman persuaded the king to destroy the entire Jewish race. And when that decree was announced, then Esther revealed to the king that she was a Jew and she persuaded him to grant her request to save her people. And so the Jewish race was saved. Another question for you. You see a connection between this story and the Lord's Supper. Well, to celebrate the deliverance of the Jewish race from destruction, the Feast of Purim was established. Purim became a day of feasting and rejoicing among the Jews, celebrating their deliverance from annihilation. And it's still observed today. It's one of their holiest days. And it happened just a few weeks ago, always during the month of March. They celebrate their deliverance from annihilation. We celebrate today around the Lord's Supper. We celebrate the fact that we have been delivered also. We have been delivered from sin. We have been delivered from eternal death because of what Christ has done for us. And so that's why we gather every week. Purim is held once a year. We observe the Lord's Supper weekly. Peter said this, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through Jesus Christ. And then just a little later, he calls that hope the salvation of your souls. What a wonderful, wonderful hope indeed that is. Would you bow as we pray, please? God in heaven, we are so thankful for the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ. We thank you from the deliverance of death, of eternal death and eternal destruction for the hope of everlasting life. Bless us as we partake of this bread that represents the broken body of Christ shed for us on the cross. Help us daily to be uh, grateful for that wonderful hope that we have because of Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Father, we continue our thanks to you for everlasting life, for the hope of the resurrection that we each have, and for the home that we look forward to in heaven after death. Please forgive our sins and bless us as we partake of this fruit of the vine that represents the shed blood of Christ for all of our sins. In his name we pray, amen. We are a blessed people. It's even, it's brought to us even more forcefully, I think, as we watch the news and as we look at social media in our day and age and this time when we see so much destruction and uh, so much heartache in the world. And we have lives of ease and comfort, and I'm thankful for that. But we need to be ever on our knees thanking God for protecting us, giving us freedoms, and for giving us all of the blessings that we enjoy. And so let's offer a prayer for that now. God, we are grateful to you for loving us, for giving us a great nation, for giving us a uh, freedoms. May we ever have the freedom to worship you, Father, regardless of what happens. Help us that uh, we will follow you and follow your word, that uh, we will uh, have our minds made up about how we will serve you no matter what comes our way. We thank you, Father, for the gifts that you've given us. We pray that you'll help us to have generous hearts and that we will uh, be able to encourage and help others around us. 
with the contributions that we make. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. We're going to be highlighting the special dedication we did of Corbin's cabin uh, last week, but I have a couple of other things I'd like to share uh, before we talk specifically about that during this ministry highlight time, as we highlight the life and ministry and the good works of our West Irwin Church family. Uh, as you know, we are blessed every Sunday uh, because John and Melanie Murray bring a whole bunch of beautiful young people to share in our worship assembly with us, and to also be a part of other activities as well. Today we have some who are here perhaps for the very first time, and so we welcome them, and we have some others that unfortunately will be, uh, this will be their last time to get to spend with us in our church family here today. One of those is uh, Lynn Lee. Uh, Lynn Lee, you can stand there, dear. It's wonderful to see you. Let's acknowledge Lynn. Lynn Lee. Thank you, dear. You can sit down. Um, she has been here for three years. And during that uh, three years, uh, coming here from Brook Hill, as all of these young people are doing, uh, during that time, she's been very active. She's helped out in our youth and our children's ministry, and especially in our BLAST classes, our children's worship during our worship assembly. She has been helping out uh, with Miss Donnie for three years, and uh, we want to congratulate her. As a graduate, she will be attending Texas A&M University. Is that correct? I believe that's right. So Gigam Aggies, and they're getting a uh, great, great young woman to be a part of their students. Uh, Lynn Lee and all of you, uh, you are a blessing uh, to us here. Um, and I also wanted to ask you a question since uh, Wayne has given us permission here to, to do test time. I appreciate that, brother. Well said. Well done. Um, do you remember two years ago this weekend? Two years ago this weekend was our last Sunday of online only worship. We had worshiped together for seven weeks completely un online during the pandemic. We had dismissed any in-person services at all uh, around the middle of March, and that went through uh, the first weekend of May. Our first Sunday back was Mother's Day, and we had 73 in attendance. Today, um, we're celebrating God's wonderful provision and His wonderful blessing and his wonderful presence over these last two-plus years here at West Irwin. I mentioned on Mother's Day of 2020, we had 73 in attendance in person. Our first Sunday at 200 didn't happen until August 16th of 2020. We didn't reach 300 until Easter Sunday last year of 2021. We had been solidly over 400 before that shutdown. Thankfully, God has seen us through this time, and I'm glad to be able to tell you that three out of the four Sundays in April, we had 300 or more. What a blessing. Praise God for that. We had our largest monthly average since the pandemic hit just this past month. 
We've seen our uh, uh, activities increase. We've seen our worship assemblies and Bible classes increase. We've seen our contribution continue to grow, not to where it was, but to continue to grow. Uh, We had great end-of-the-year contributions in 2020 and 2021. We had special contributions, such as this one for Corbin's Cabin, Eastern European Mission, most recently, as you know, to help with the Ukraine refugees. Our church continues to live and to trust in the Lord and to seek to do His will and to seek to serve at every opportunity. One of those opportunities that we have had of late is Corbin's Cabin. Um, we love the Steifer family, Jeff and Karis, uh, Darcy, who is away at college, and of course, our late brother, Corbin. Corbin um, passed away just a little over a year ago, I guess, in the first part of 2021. And it wasn't long after that that there was a dream that came up that said, let's do something to honor him. Corbin loved uh, his family. He loved his church and his fellow church members. Uh, He loved the the college family at Abilene Christian University, and he loved Camp Deer Run. And so we contributed to this wonderful and amazing and beautiful memory of Corbin Stifer. Last week, it was dedicated there at the camp. Several of us from West Irwin were there. A 98 attended from several cities, several congregations. And West Irwin uh, was a major force in contributing financially towards this great effort. And it turned out beautifully. We had contributions given through all kinds of different means, individuals, families, our children's classes, some of our young people uh, even had special fundraising things that were done to raise money for Corbin's cabin. It was quite a a blessing. The next slide shows us um, a little bit of uh, the inside. These are some of, these are the, this is the room, the cabin interior. Uh, and uh, Jeff and Kara say that this was Corbin's happy place, Camp Deer Run. And it is a beautiful, beautiful cabin. The next slide shows a picture of Camp Director Ty Ford as he spoke uh, on this past Sunday's special dedication. Our Peter Neal led a few songs uh, during that special time. And uh, Corbin and Darcy's grandfather, Karis's father, led a special prayer. And the camp director, Ty Ford, had some wonderful things to say about, about Corbin. The next slide, of course, shows Jeff and Karis and also Darcy with her grandparents and also the plaque that is in the cabin uh, commemorating Corbin and his infectious personality and his wonderful life of joy and faith. The final slide shows a little bit closer up of Jeff and Karis and Darcy that we love so much and also the plaque that uh, will be in the cabin uh, remembering Corbin Stifer. All spoke last Sunday of Corbin's wonderful, contagious smile. Darcy said he was caring to all. And that is certainly true. That smile and that care and that joy will continue to live on and will continue to be memorialized in this great tribute. Thank you for participating in this great moment. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we praise you for life. We're not guaranteed it. We don't deserve it. Every breath, every moment is a gift. 
And it's a gift we're thankful for. And we pray, Father, as Corbin did, that we would live our lives with joy, with love, with service, with zest, uh, with faith. Father, we pray for all of his family. Uh, We pray especially for Jeff and Karis and for Darcy and for all of their family, all of their loved ones that uh, remember him and continue to mourn, but also, Father, continue uh, to live with that same joy that he gave us such an example of. Father, help us all to do the same. We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, it's time for all of our kids to go to the last program now, children's program. Head to that place as we sing this song before. Bill brings the message to us. Let's all stand and sing Simple Life. There's a cold comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Simple Life, Simple Appreciate Gary, the wonderful song service today, especially leading that song, and we'll get back to that song a little bit later on in this morning's lesson. Um, Do you know the difference between May Day and May Day? Now, for those who might be uh, listening online and you're in another room and you're not watching uh, the screen, hopefully you'll be able to understand what where we're coming from here as as soon as that comes up, do you know the difference between May Day and May Day? Capital M-A-Y space, new word, capital D-A-Y, and capital M-A-Y, D-A-Y. 
Do you know the difference between May Day and May Day? Do you know why this came to Bill's mind for this sermon? Probably a lot of you know that because it's May the 1st. Well, May Day, two words, capital M-A-Y space, capital D-A-Y, is May the 1st, May Day. And it has been around for centuries as a special day of celebration, sometimes celebrating Uh, the workers and laborers in our society, other societies and cultures and times celebrating lots of different things. A Maypole may be involved, but there are a lot of different kinds of May Day celebration festivities. Well, now let's think about the other one, May Day. One word, M-A-Y-D-A-Y. That's been around since 1923, officially. And it is uh, the pronunciation in English of the French word that means help me. And you probably know what this one is, especially if you just thought about it for a moment. Mayday is a cry for help in an emergency. It's when you need to be rescued. And as you might know, it's repeated three times in a row. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Followed by the situation and who you are, perhaps, or at least where you are and what's going on at the moment. Mayday, mayday, mayday. I'm in uh, this kind of plane. We've just lost one of the engines and we're at this location. It's used by aviators, by mariners on the seas, and it's also used uh, by first responders and some others. It replaced the SOS Morse code call because they wanted to come up with a word since they weren't tapping it out on a telegraph. They wanted to come up with a word that could be transmitted, that people could hear. And so they had uh, someone come up with this idea in Europe and the, the word stuck. And so now we have the Mayday call. And today, I want us to talk about that one. I want us to talk about that May Day. The May Day that is crying out for help. Joyce and I are big Sandra Bullock fans. We like her movies. And this is one of the movies. I believe the title is 28 Days. And I'll give you a little bit about the the movie itself if you haven't seen it. Um, She is an alcoholic and has not been willing to admit to that. And uh, so she goes to her sister's wedding, and because she is drunk, she ruins the wedding. And it's the last straw, not just for her sister, but legally, because she leaves the wedding. She leaves the wedding in the bridal limo, and she ends up running into someone's yard, and now the law is involved. And so she has a choice. She can either go to prison, (laughs) or she can go to rehab and get help. Well, she chooses to go to a rehab center, and at this particular rehab center, the, uh, the director will use signs. And so when someone is having a specific trouble with something that is uh, causing a difficult moment in their recovery, then they'll put that on their sign. And so this is Sandra Bullock's sign, confront me if I don't ask for help. Because that was her problem. She wouldn't ask for help. 
On the one hand, she wouldn't acknowledge that she had a problem, which is not all that uncommon. And on the other hand, she wouldn't ask for help about anything. And so for a good part of her time at that treatment center, she wore this sign that said, confront me if I don't ask for help. Would you be a candidate for wearing one of those signs? It's a common part of the human condition to need help sometimes. We all need help sometimes. We've all been helped. We've all helped others. We've all been there. That's just a part of the human condition. We all need help sometimes. But when you consider that great truth with the second great truth, you see the problem. It's common. It's a common part of the human condition to need help sometimes, but it's against our human nature to cry out for help when we need it. You see the problem? <laughs> we all experience those needs for help. Again, that's common. We've all been there. Very likely, all of us will be there in days ahead. Some of us in this room are there right now. But what's also common is this unwillingness to seek out the help that we need, to ask for help. That seems to be against our human nature, especially the human nature of us here in this country, especially those of us who are born and bred Texans. (laughs) We're a very independent sort. We don't like to acknowledge our dependence on anyone else, and to ask for help is to ask, is to acknowledge, I can't do this on my own. This one is too big for me. I need help. That's a huge thing for anybody. And again, based on your personality, it may be a bigger issue for you than for others, but it is a common issue for all of us. We all need help sometimes, but we also fight asking for it. So a few thoughts about that this morning. First of all, sometimes we need help from others. We all need help sometimes. And so I want to share a few thoughts today about that and about some specific biblical examples. And this first one is found in Acts chapter 16. Sometimes we need help from others. And again, I loved Wayne's uh, communion meditation thoughts today, and I so much appreciate, brother, you bringing out that wonderful story of Esther, and it perfectly appropriate around the Lord's table. Esther and her guardian Mordecai asked for help. They asked for help. They asked for help from God, they asked for help from each other, and they asked for help from others, from their community. Specifically, get on your knees and pray, because we're in a very difficult moment, and we're about to risk everything to try to get through this. Sometimes we need help from others. Another great example is found in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Barnabas had been on the first mission journey in chapters 13 and 14 in modern day Turkey. 
And uh, they went back to their home church, Antioch of Syria. And then they go to Jerusalem for this big conference in Acts chapter 15, where the apostles and elders and missionaries like Paul and Barnabas and others were meeting together to ask, okay, we've got all these non-Jews, these Gentiles that are starting to come into the church. What do we do with them? (laughs) What, What do we do? Do we ask them to keep the law? Do we ask them to keep some of the law? I mean, some of them are uncircumcised. Some of them are, don't, have just never believed in God at all, or they believed in a thousand different gods, and now they've come to worship the true and living God and his son, Jesus Christ. What do we do? And so they met together in Acts chapter 15, and you know that passage. They decided about there were three or four things that the non-Jews, the Gentiles, could do to encourage their Jewish Christian brothers and sisters. But there were also some things that the, the Jewish Christians could do and not require of them uh, because it wasn't a part of the gospel. And so they came to a a wonderful compromise in Acts chapter 15. And then Paul and Barnabas kind of get into it. And Barnabas goes one way in mission work and takes his cousin, John Mark. And and Paul goes another way and takes his friend Silas, who had been a part of that wonderful, incredible church at Antioch of Syria and the part of the Jerusalem leadership as well, it seems. And so they're going to go, and where are they going to go? Well, they're going to go the same place that Paul and Barnabas went before. They're going to go to modern-day Turkey, to those churches that we know of as including the churches that Paul wrote to in the book of Galatians. Some others there, and so they're going through there, and they're doing all of that, and then they're going to try to go back uh, the same way they came, and they were stopped. Acts 16, beginning at verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. That's the far western part of modern-day Turkey, not the continent. Verse 7, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision, verse 9, of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Macedonia is in Europe. (laughs) Turkey is in Asia. Macedonia is in modern-day Greece. Macedonia, the northern section. Achaia, the southern section. It includes wonderful cities like Philippi and Berea and Thessalonica. To the south, uh, Corinth, Athens. And all of that incredible ministry that was done there wasn't even going to happen until Paul had this vision. This vision that we just sang about a few moments ago. We have heard the Macedonian call today. What? Send the light. Send the light. That's exactly what Paul's vision was. It was of this man from that area of modern day Greece, the northern part, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. They needed help from others. And so what was he saying? Mayday, mayday, mayday. I'm here in Macedonia. And we need help. It's an emergency. We need the gospel. 
We need to hear this same message that you have been talking to others about. Will you come and save us? Will you come and rescue us? Will you come and help us? Sometimes we need help from others. Secondly, today, sometimes we need help from the Lord. (laughs) And so we're going to look at this from the plural perspective as a group and then from the individual perspective. But let's first of all look at the group. Sometimes we need help from the Lord. And this is a, a scripture from which we get another hymn that we're not singing today, but it's an old hymn. And you'll remember it as we read the story in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 36. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, Jesus, just as he was in the boat. They were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, verse 38, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? We need help. Jesus got up, verse 39, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You remember that old hymn, Master, the tempest is raging, peace, be still. Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep? That was the whole situation. That was exactly the setting right here. And so all of the ones on the boat, they said, we need help. We need help. Mayday, mayday, mayday. (laughs) You're the only one in the boat that's asleep. (laughs) The rest of us are trying to figure this out. And you're the only one in the boat that can really do anything to help. How can you lie asleep? Don't you care that we're all going to die? Jesus, of course, gets up and immediately in the old translation in the song, peace be still. And sure enough, peace was there and stillness replaced storm. And that terrified them even more than the storm. To see such power, to see how Jesus answered their mayday call for help. Sometimes we need help from others. Sometimes we need help from the Lord. And then thirdly, sometimes I need help from the Lord. Sometimes it's not a group call at all. It's, it's about me. It's what I need, and it's an emergency. And God wants to hear from us when it's an emergency. He wants to hear from us all the time, I get that. Psalm 50, one of the psalms we looked at recently in our daily Bible reading and my Facebook studies on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that psalm is clear, calling on us to call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. Whether you've called upon Him or not ever before, Is not the question right now in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the emergency, God says, call on me. The Lord says, send out the mayday. I am ready to help. We'll work on what comes after that. And I certainly want you to be a part of my family and to keep that communication line open. 
But when you need help, call on him. That's what we read about in this great story in Matthew chapter 14. And it's another great song, and this one we will sing in a few moments. In Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22, Jesus had the disciples get into the boat. And then verse 23, after, they, after he dismissed them, he went to a mountainside to pray. Jesus did that a lot. Whether it was early in the morning or late at night, he prayed a lot. The Son of God prayed. And then we pick up the story in Matthew 14, verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples... Now, did you get that? (laughs) It's like, man, it happens all the time. (laughs) And I want to say, wait, Matthew, wait, go back. What? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Three words in the original, quickly. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And if only the story stopped there, for Peter's sake, right? But it needed to go on. Verse 30, when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. John Ortberg has one of my favorite book titles. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. (laughs) And to Peter's credit, he was the only one of those apostles that did that. Nobody else did. And I'm not sure what Peter was expecting when he actually asked Jesus, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. And then Jesus calls his bluff, which he's prone to do, as you know. (laughs) And he says, okay, fine, come on. And again, to Peter's credit, he gets out of the boat onto the sea and begins to walk towards Jesus. Amazing. But just like all of the rest of us, he loses focus on Jesus. And his focus turns from the master of the seas. To the sea itself, to the wind, to the waves, to the depth, to the sky so threatening, to his life, (laughs) and he begins to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save. Lord, help me. Mayday, mayday, mayday. This is Peter again, (laughs) in trouble again. I'm sinking, and I don't want to drown, and only you can save me. To Peter's credit, he gets out of the boat. To Peter's credit, he actually walks on water for a while. And to Peter's credit, when he begins to sink, he cries out to Jesus, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. You're the only one who can.
And so Jesus reaches down and he picks him up and they end up back in the boat and it's calm once again and everyone is terrified again and they worship him as the son of God. And the story is forever immortalized and the great hymn we'll sing in just a few moments, Love Lifted Me. That's the setting for that song. Seen from a spiritual perspective, we were right there with Peter sinking deep in sin. And love lifted me. So a couple of things as we close today. First of all, have the humility to cry out when you need help. Have the humility to cry out when you need help. Fight off that human nature that says you can do this on your own. You can't. It's why God gave us the church because he knew we couldn't do it on our own. Have the humility to cry out when you need help. Cry out to the Lord when you need his help. What do we call that? Prayer. (laughs) Prayer. And cry out, be willing to cry out to others as well. Cry out to church members that you trust. Cry out to our leaders here. Our elders say, I've heard them say it so many times when they are talking about and praying over someone who is struggling. And their comment is always the same. Oh, if only we had known about it sooner, we could have helped in a much greater way. We could have helped alleviate so much of the suffering that they've now been through. Be willing to cry out for help. We live in difficult times. I mean, these are hard, hard times, and they're not done yet. It's hard on families. It's hard on losing loved ones. It's, it's hard financially to many who have had to make sacrifices over the last couple of years. It's, it's hard on our spiritual health as well. And if you need help, have the humility to cry out for it, to get it. Talk to one of our shepherds. Talk to one of our ministers. Talk to someone that's a part of this church family that you know and love. Give them a call. Send them a text message or an email or something. Have the humility to cry out when you need help. Cry out for salvation like that man from Macedonia did. Come over and help us. I want to know what you have and how to get it. Don't be too proud to cry out for help or else we might make you wear a sign. (laughs) Confront me if I don't ask for help. Have that humility, but secondly today, have the willingness to answer when someone cries out for help. Don't be too selfish to answer someone's cry for help. Don't be too proud to ask for help, but don't be too selfish that you're not willing to give it when someone does. And yes, it may mean a sacrifice for you. It may, mean, it may cost you something, whether it's time or freedom or money or pleasure or whatever it might be. Don't be so selfish that you refuse to answer when someone cries out for help. When they need help physically or emotionally or spiritually, be willing to talk to them about your faith. Be willing to share to them with them the difference that Jesus has made in your life, how love lifted you. Have the humility to cry out when you need help and have the willingness to answer when someone cries out for help. Don't be too selfish to answer. Don't be too proud to ask. 
Jesus heard our cry for help. And he responded, love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. That same love is available for you today. And if we can help you reach up to Jesus and let him save you, come as we stand, sing this great hymn together. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Every evening, sank within, seemed to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, a Father, thank you for this wonderful day that we get to come together to worship you. Thank you for the beautiful weather you have blessed us with. Please continue to bless our youth group. Allow us to make an impact to share your light at school and during all we plan to do this summer. Please be with the members of our Western family on the prayer and terror list. 
Please be with us all throughout this week and allow us to be good examples. Send the light and to, to all those around us as we go throughout the week. Please forgive us of our sins. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.